good evening. Eh, it's evening, yeah, it's 7 o'clock. And welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. We have now finished this week of new theatrical releases, thankfully. Um, but it's been busy. Three movies in three days. There's a forthcoming, you know, for Netflix, so strap in for that. Um, Oppenheimer is now the last one, and I think that ending on Oppenheimer, um, I think the best way to watch these movies, if you haven't seen them yet, um, Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Theater Camp would be, I would say do Oppenheimer first, then Barbie, um, and then wait for Theater Camp to hit streaming and really pique your interest. Um, I think the problem with I don't have a problem with Oppenheimer. It, Oppenheimer is a fantastic movie. I, I, I watch it. It's just easily one of my favorite movies of the year, and it's going to have a hard time um, being dethroned out of that. Um, and if it does get dethroned out of it, then we are in for a very good back half of the year. Um, I think that there's really nothing bad to say about the movie. I mean, it's... It's three hours long, but you never feel the length. You never feel like you're being, you know, you're sitting in a movie theater for three hours while you're watching it. It's like, it takes the, you know, the the story of Robert Oppenheimer, J. Robert Oppenheimer, and, and gives it a sense of gravitas that's kind of befitting someone who changed the world the way he did. Um... It, with the creation and implementation of the atomic bomb. Um, I mean, I think that the, you know, separating out the, the, the tangible impact was a, was a decision that serviced the, the, you know, what the story is. And again, it's like I've seen a lot of people criticizing, it's like, oh, they don't talk about, you know, what actually happened in Japan that much or anything like that. And it's like, it's again, it's the story of, Oppenheimer, and to an extent, it's also the story of, of Strauss, and I think that they handle that all so, so well. Um, every single actor who showed up for this movie um, makes a solid case to win an Academy Award, if not get nominated for an Academy Award. Um, specifically of note, Gillian um, Murphy just absolutely... If that's how you pronounce his name, I may have pronounced it wrong. Either way, absolutely killed it. Absolutely fantastic in this role. I don't think I've ever seen him lead anything. I know he was in Peaky Blinders. I don't think I've ever seen him actually lead anything. He's fantastic. Uh, he's just absolutely great in this. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Um, we forget because he was Iron Man for 15 years or 10 years. Just how gifted of an actor he is. And even when he was playing, you know... Iron Man, it's like the other things he was doing, like, you know, he, the, the judge isn't great, um, and then he was also, you know, Doolittle wasn't great either, and he was, um, what was that other movie he was in, um, the Sherlock Holmes movies, they're good, but it's, again, it's, it's all kind of, kind of similar, and getting to see him play this guy, Strauss, he gets to spread his wings, and he put he turns in a fantastic performance. Um, 
and I think he's a shoo-in for Best Supporting Actor. Matt Damon, as always, when, when he works Christopher Nolan, you always get something magic. I mean, he was great in, um, in Interstellar, and Matt Damon is also a formidable actor in his own right. I mean, this is the second movie I've seen him in this year, and both of them, he did a great job. I mean, he was also great in Air. Um, who else was there? Um, that was that was really good. Um, both Florence Pugh and um, and Emily Blunt are fantastic. Um, Florence Pugh doesn't have as much to do as, as Emily Blunt does. And Emily Blunt does a great performance, but she's always great in everything she does. Um, and uh, and it just every time someone shows up, it's someone famous. It's like Benny Safdie has a great you know small role in this. Um, who like who else was there? Um, I'm blanking on names right now, but I just saw the movie and I'm currently driving. Um, uh, fuck, who else was there? Um, Taron Egerton, he's great too. I mean, he has a small role, but he's really good. Rami Malek um, is fantastic. Um, and, and the movie does a great job of just laying in with multiple timelines. And again, it's like, you know... And I think that here's the thing. Um, we're going to end off on... We're going to end the, the thing on that. Never mind. Um, it, you have the multiple timelines where it's like... You have, like, you know, the story of him doing his... Uh, you know, building the, the atomic bomb. The story of him under investigation having security clearance revoked. And then what Strauss is doing. And it's so clear. And then when you get to the third act and we start un unraveling everything that's been going on with the security clearance hearings and how that intersects with Strauss's story. It's all just so well done. Everything is so... Oh, David De Dave Desnalchin was had a very small role. And it, he's, he's an actor who, at this point, I see him pop up somewhere. I'm like, oh, shit, that's cool. Because I have yet to see him do a bad role. Like, you know, be it, um, like, uh, in, in Dune, he's, um... Um, he's Piter. He was, um, who else was, he was in Ant-Man. He was in The Flash. He was in Suicide Squad. He was in, um, you know, he was in something else recently, too, that I saw him in. I was like, oh, shit, he's really good. He's in that movie that's coming out that's supposed to be really good, that, that South by Southwest, um, with the, uh, the, the devil at the, uh, the, the exorcism at the, at the talk show. Um, like, he, he's just a gifted actor, and it's really good to see him, you know, come in and have these roles. Um, and again, Nolan is just a fantastic director, and he's such a gifted writer when it comes to handling these multiple timelines and keeping it all neat and organized so the viewer can understand it. Um, it's just, I, I again, this is a story that I wasn't sold on until it started getting positive reviews. Because it's like, everything I heard about it, I'm like, I don't think we necessarily need this. Because it's like, you hear things like, the movie's three hours long, and I'm like, I don't need a three-hour-long, you know, biopic about Oppenheimer. And then it's like, his next big-budget movie's gonna be... Like, even the announcement, like, his next big-budget movie is gonna be about Oppenheimer. And it's like, I don't know if I need Christopher Nolan's take on the life of Oppenheimer, especially when you take into consideration, like, his past movies that I've tried to touch on, on issues, where it's like, him... Like, when we talk about, like, The Dark Knight... The Dark Knight has a subplot about mass surveillance and, and Patriot Act, basically, where he's got he's using this mass surveillance thing. And the basic moral of that is 
well, it's okay because it's an extenuating circumstance and we're only going to do it once. Like, it's kind of a weird take to have on that. So, like, him doing Oppenheimer, I was concerned about that, but that that's not the case here at all. And I think he handled it very well. Um, you know, the subject matter being what it is. And it's, you know, it is creating a weapon that can destroy humanity. Um, and it was used to kill hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and, and that is, you know, it is handled very well. Um, like, and then hearing, like, oh, there's a lot of, like, sex scenes and nudity to the point where I saw a joke where it was, like, it's gonna be the first sex scene on IMAX, so it's, it's, it's wedged from Star Wars, and just look at the size of that thing, and it's, like, and even that is handled reasonably well. Like, it, it's, there's nothing in this movie that you're, like, like, as you're watching it, you're, like, there's nothing here that you can cut and be, like, that would, you know, it would serve the movie to cut this out. And I think that everything that's done in this in this movie is just done so well and to such a degree. This might be, and again, recency bias being what it is, this might be my favorite Nolan movie. But again, that could just be the fact that I haven't watched a Nolan movie. Like, I didn't really care for Tenet, and I haven't seen a Nolan movie that I really liked uh, since Dunkirk in a theater. Um, and before that, I had seen them all. So, you know, do with that what you will. But... I feel like this just... And the thing is, too, it's like... There are so many decisions in, in, in how the story is told. Like, when they when the, when they they do finally do the test... Um, of the atomic bomb. And it's just like we keep hearing in the progressively louder explosions... And playing with the scale of how far we are from the explosion... And how the speed of sound relates to that. Like, showing the explosion and showing the magnitude of it. And, and I just want to know how he did it without, without CGI. Um... But, like, the nuke going off and then, or the atomic bomb going off and, and you know, it just being just silence except for his breathing as we're watching the explosion unfold is just so well done. Um, and then, like, to get to the end of the movie and it'd be, like, him, that, that conversation with Einstein that was innocuous, like, for it to get to the end of the movie and him to be, like, it thought, you know, you said to me, um, that, like, this could destroy the Earth. And I think you are right. It's just... That is just so applicable across anything that has happened since with any technology. Like, the, it's not the technology itself that's inherently evil. It's the application. And in this case, it's a very weird situation. Because, again, we're talking about a weapon. Um, it, it was, from the beginning, designed as a weapon. It's like when they first talk about splitting, you know, splitting an atom... And, and the first time they achieve fission, when they talk about that early on in the movie, um, they, they, like, from the beginning, he's like, we can make a bomb with that. Like, that's the first thing out of his, out of his mouth regarding it is, like, we can make a bomb with that. So it's never conceived as being anything but that. But even, like, the, the bomb going off and then him seeing that and then it being used, like, as you get closer and closer, and that's the thing, too. I'm kind of all over the place. But, like, I talked about this a little bit with the big short where it's, like, we know what's going to happen in the big short. Like, we know what it's building to. It's building toward the financial collapse in 2008. Like, we know the end of this story. And it's kind of the same thing here. Whereas, like, we know it's building towards two atomic bombs being dropped on Japan and hundreds of thousands of people dead. We know that that's where this is going. But as you get closer and closer, the dread just builds. 
especially as the test is going, you know the test is going to be successful. And because we know the test is going to be successful, you can play with that sense of fear that goes into it, where you have Josh Peck fucking being the guy where it's like, if anything is going wrong, hit that button to abort so we don't lose all his plutonium. Like, everything about it, like, that whole sequence clicks so well that you, the audience, are just like, oh shit, this is coming. We are gonna, this is gonna happen. And it's the thing where it's like, you go into the theater knowing you're gonna see that. It's the selling point of the movie is you're gonna see the guy, you're gonna see the atomic bomb go off. Not in Japan. You're gonna see the atomic bomb go off elsewhere. And it's just so well, like, so well handled. Um, the entire way up and down the movie. Um, highly recommend this. Um, you know, anyone who can go see this movie, go see it. It is so well done. And, and see it in a premium format. See it in IMAX. It's shot entirely in IMAX. Uh, see it, if you can't see it in IMAX, the IMAX just are full. See it in a Dolby Cinema. And I'll say this. Um, or if you can, see it on film. Because there are some theaters nationwide that are showing it on film. And I'll say this, too, about, you know, this weekend, the theater-going experience. I've seen some people say, like, Oh, look, look at the level of hype around these movies. And it's, you know, they're not big franchise movies. Like, first of all, both directors are IP into and of themselves. There's the old quote, I think it was John Peters who said it, or it was someone like that, who was like, make the director the brand, that way you're not beholden to the actors. And to an extent, that is who both Greta Gerwig and, I mean, to a much greater extent. I mean, Greta Gerwig is it to an extent too, but Christopher Nolan is an IP in and of himself. But... Let's not pretend Barbie's not one of the most recognizable brands on the planet. Um, so, like, yeah, like, it, it, it's an achievement. And, and and I'll say this: I've been to the movie theater um, three times in three days. I was there uh, Wednesday for the Barbie uh, sneak uh, preview access thing. I was there yesterday for for theater camp, and I was there today for for Oppenheimer. And the Oppenheimer one, I was there for a three o'clock, uh, three forty-five showing. Um, and let me just say, um, the theater, I have not seen a theater this packed to the rafters, like in the lobby, since, what's it called, since Endgame. And I think I said that last night too, when I talked about uh, theater camp, where I was like, I haven't seen a theater this jammed since Endgame. And it's the same thing today. It's just like, the fact of the matter is, we have a, a, a movie that's being shot. It is a biopic about the guy who invented the atomic bomb. And it is selling out IMAX theaters. That's an achievement. Like, it's just, it's just one of those things that's like, wrapping your head around it is kind of difficult. The, the scale of this weekend. Like, we're looking at two movies combining to be almost $300 million domestic. It, this will be the biggest box office weekend probably ever. Because if, if Endgame had the biggest box office weekend for a solo and it really didn't have any competition, with two movies splitting and going above that or damn near what it was, you know, my theater camp screening was full yesterday. Like, that was a packed theater too. I mean, granted, it was a 41-seat theater. Don't get me wrong. It's not like we're sitting here and we're talking about a, uh, you know, one of the one of the huge screens. This is a small screen, and it was it was still full though, for for a seven o'clock screening of theater camp. Like, 
presumably there are other movies that have been playing. We are looking at a potential historic box office weekend. Um, and on one final note, um, I think I said this when when Little Women came out, where a lot of people were criticizing Little Women, which also starred Florence Pugh, um, for jumping around times and it, you know and, and it playing multiple timelines and it being an issue. And it's like, and I said that like, well, if Nolan did that, that same criticism wouldn't be. And it's like, well, look at Dunkirk. Dunkirk, you know, does play with different timelines. And I will concede that it is a, a slightly more clear in this movie because the timelines are denoted by um, color grading, where it's like all of the stuff with Strauss um, in that time is denoted by being black and white. There's a slightly bluer tinge to the stuff with Oppenheimer in his, um, in his security clearance hearings. And there is this, you know, it's just regular vibrant in the in the, in the regular story of Oppenheimer. But uh, again, it's, if we're going to criticize, like, I, it, the point I'm making is that it wasn't a problem with Little Women. If, if you're paying attention in the movie, it's not a problem. The the jumping timelines, um, and here it's kind of, you know, it's not it's it's not an issue here either. It's just this is they're, they're both massively told movies, and if you have not seen Oppenheimer yet, go out and see it. I'm not too concerned about spoilers, and again, it's a, you know, a, you know, an, an adaptation of a biography of a guy who lived years ago, um, and man, it's just, I, I saw this, and I'm like, Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. are definitely getting Oscar nominations, I think that is, that is my way too early prediction coming out of this, both of them are getting Oscar nominations, um, and the sound mix on this movie, too, is just one of the best sound mixes I've heard in years, I would say, since Dune in 2021, this is the best sound mix I've heard since then. It's just the constant score, and I think we talked about it a little bit with Barbie, where it's like the the score is so good, and 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 Barbie had a licensed soundtrack too. There's no licensed soundtrack in Oppenheimer, but the score and the soundtrack, or the score in this case, is just so well done, and it's just. The other mix of other noises, be it, you know, feet banging or footsteps or, or, or a ticking clock or anything like that, like, the, the, the score being near constant, and this is something that Nolan does very well, the score being near constant and then it being taken out is so obvious that, like, this is three hours and there are three hours worth of music in this movie. It is just phenomenal um, all the way around. Um, check out Oppenheimer. It is very much worth your time. See it on the biggest screen possible. Um, it is phenomenal. Um, easily top ten movie of, of the year, if not top five. I'd look at my list. Uh, easily top ten, though, um, for 2023. Which wraps up this week in, in major theatrical movie releases. We do have one more major movie release that we're going to cover in the form of They Cloned Tyrone. We're going to talk about that either Monday, or either tomorrow or Sunday, uh, depending on when I actually watch the movie. Uh, tomorrow morning, we will definitely be talking about My Adventures with Superman, the fourth episode, which should now be up on, on Max. Um, and we'll be adding in some new stuff later in the month and into next month. Uh, we will be doing uh, Harley Quinn. We will be doing Fiona and Cake. Uh, I started rewatching Adventure Time last night to, uh, to, to, to get amped for that. I saw that trailer for Fiona and Cake, and I was like, Fuck, I gotta watch that. Um, if you want to hear my thoughts on 
uh, The Marvels, the new trailer for The Marvels over on uh, 30 Minute Reviews. We'll have an episode of that up today. If you listen to 30 Minute Reviews on Google Podcasts, there is a slight delay. I recommend you switch over to Spotify um, because Spotify is, uh, it, it is immediate. Google Podcasts can lag up to 48 hours for some reason. Not entirely sure why I've reached out to... It's definitely a Google Podcast issue. Um, I've heard if you unsubscribe and resubscribe, it'll be fixed. Um, so maybe try that. Or I would recommend moving to Spotify. Um, because Spotify, it is... Because Spotify's our host, so it's, it goes up, it goes up immediately. Um, but we'll wrap up there for today. And until tomorrow morning, have a great rest of your week.